It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Wednesday, which means the following... The bairn has gone to nursery, the pot of Yorkshire is on the go, and we're going to take a deep dive into the decade that we haphazardly label the noughties and to the football of its time. This is the Noughties Nostalgia Podcast and the Noughties Nostalgia Podcast episode 47, where we're going to trawl through your suggestions of the most underrated Premier League strikers of all time. We're also going to be taking a look at the dark days of Arsenal Football Club post-2005 under the stewardship of Arsene Wenger. I'm going to take a look at how they really fare or how they managed to uh, cock up an invincible season and go without a trophy for nine years. If you are enjoying this podcast, please leave us a lovely five-star review on your podcast feed. It helps us immeasurably with viewership, listenership, etc. And if you like the podcast that we're doing, please feel free to subscribe to our Patreon for a small monthly donation at £3 a month for extra content. Let's get stuck into today's show. Welcome to the show. So we have got lots and lots and lots of suggestions for the most underrated Premier League striker of all time. And let's kick off with Philip West's suggestion of Edin Dzeko. Dzeko, the Bosnian, scored 50 goals rather from 130 matches, and at the time when he was signed in. January 2011, he was the second highest transfer fee for Manchester City then, of course. And fast forward 18 months, everybody remembers the Aguero moment, don't they? Um, But who scored the equaliser? Of course, to get them on their way, it was Edin Dzeko. I feel as though it took him quite a lot of time to get going. He scored six in the first half of the season for the second half of the 2010-11 season. Um, he would score 72 goals all in for Manchester City until he departed in the 2014-15 season, going out on loan to Roma, where, of course, he's made his home since permanently. 
And I think he goes a little... I do think he's underrated because he goes under the radar for the subsequent Premier League title winning season where City won the title in 2013-14. Aguero was scoring lots and lots of goals at high volume, but he was carrying a lot of injuries. There week to week, though, was Edin Dzeko carrying them a little bit in terms of goals and was joint sixth in the top scorers for that season in the Premier League. He could hold it up. He had a bit of pace about him and he was a fantastic finisher. And I think it's a case of absence makes the heart grow fonder and he's only now been appreciated. I think in England, in Britain, when he's gone to Italy, he's got a lot of goals for Rome. He's got 119 goals for Rome between 2016 and present. I think the same will transpire about Romelu Lukaku since he left Manchester United and the Premier League to go to Inter Milan and, of course, won the uh, Serie A in his second season. And I will officially render Edin Dzeko underrated. Well done, Philip West. James Beatty has our next suggestion from George Spencer. Special shout out to George, who is one of our patrons on patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash what if football there. So James Beatty didn't get his chance at Blackburn Rovers in the mid 90s. It's hard to fathom now that he played for Blackburn really all that way um, back. And he really moved into his own when he moved to the South Coast. So the reverse Shearer, as it's known, and um, Beats really came into his own at the turn of the century. For me, I think his peak didn't last too long and his peak was probably restrained to Southampton. Only had a double-figure season outside of that for Everton in the 2005-06 season. But aside from that, I don't think he did it all too much in the top flight. Saw his career out at the likes of Sheffield United, Rangers, Blackpool, even Accrington Stanley, who he later went on to manage and would uh, return to the top flight with Stoke in 2009. Just misses out on the... uh, Premier League 100 club, which we'll be discussing in a lot for a lot of these entries. There, 91 Premier League goals in 331 Premier League games, and his peak was definitely between 2000 2004. And he was at a point really, I think he could have been in with a shout for an England shirt at a major tournament. I think he was around probably the fifth or sixth best English striker at that time on form. 23 goals in the 2002 3 season, for example, led Southampton into FA Cup final. I think he got a couple of England appearances off the back of that. And yes, George, James Beatty is definitely underrated, but his uh, strike partner at Southampton, Marion Pahas, is even more underrated. A lot of suggestions for Yakubu, first of all. Harry Holland, Ross Elliott, had a better, faster Stroma from YouTube, fantastic account there on YouTube. And Steve Cairns, so quite a lot of love for Yakubu. 96 Premier League goals in 252 appearances, achingly close. To that Premier League 100 club. One more goal than Rude Van Nistelrooy we spoke of last week. And <laughs> bring him back to the uh, Premier League to get those extra four goals. He earned his Premier League contract by scoring seven goals in 14 for Portsmouth at the back end of their then first division promotion campaign. Obviously 2003-04 was his first season in the Premier League. I think he, I'm pretty sure when he played for Maccabi Haifa, he got a game against Manchester United at Old Trafford. But I might be misremembering that been almost two decades now um looking at his numbers it's ridiculous how many double figures premier league seasons he actually had both seasons in portsmouth he got double figures same with middlesbrough really and he played through the entirety of middlesbrough's uefa cup final campaign but i think names like viduka hasselbank and massimo macaroni the man the legend um, were a bit more pivotal to them reaching the uefa cup really 
He started off great, um, but tailed off really for Middlesbrough. Got his confidence back with getting lots of goals for Leicester and then returned quite late on in his career to score 17 goals in 30 games for Blackburn. Admittedly, in a season they were relegated. But still, that is a fantastic return in 2011-12 for Yakubu. And for me, yeah, definitely vastly underrated whilst being a cult hero at the same time, I think. And one of the... uh, better strikers at the time just don't remind him about that miss at the 2010 world cup for nigeria and uh, which would have sent them through unfortunately didn't harry holland also says louis saha and again another member of the nearly 100 club 85 goals in 289 games and my first thought was when harry suggested this might be too good to be underrated but his goal record says otherwise and let's be honest I think injuries docked a lot of his time, particularly when they got that huge move to Manchester United. And let's let's also add that it didn't really help that he had to wrestle for a first-team spot ahead of Ruud van Nistelrooy and Wayne Rooney in a time where Man United were in a lean spell and they were sort of in between 4-4-2 and 4-2-3-1 with uh, Alex Ferguson's regeneration at the club there. And um, let's not forget, he also scored one of the quickest FA Cup final goals in 2009 for Everton and was part of the United squad that ultimately dominated England and Europe in the mid-2000s would have hit the 100 club. I have no shadow of a doubt about that if he was free of injury and it, of course, dogged him and underrated just, and I think it's because of injuries that we uh, seem to forget about him now. Two suggestions for the following man, Mark Viduka again, Harry Holland and Keel Watson has it. 92 goals from 240 Premier League games, another player right on the cusp of the Premier League 100 club and another member of the Middlesbrough UEFA Cup squad from the 2005-06 season but let's be real he's more well known for the lead spell between 2000 and their timely relegation in 2004 and I think if he had kept such a high level at such a huge club like Leeds they were challenging for Champions League finals top three top four as it was um, in the Premier League he couldn't be in any kind of list like this because he was very much rated in the early 2000s. It, times past, people have forgotten about him. And in my mind's eye, probably, for me at least, had his best seasons around 2001, 2002. I remember those four goals he scored against Liverpool. That was a fantastic display, one of the best individual displays we've ever seen in the Premier League. A fantastic match as well. I think it was 4-3 in the end. But his best scoring season was in 2002-3, which was... For, for Leeds at least, the beginning of the end. Uh, Viduka in that season scored 20 Premier League goals in 33 games. Fantastic. And for me, like Saha, just about fits into this underrated category. Ida Good Johnson is the next suggestion from Harder, Better, Faster, Stroma and 55 goals in 211 goals, which was kind of surprising. I thought he might have had a bit more because he did have that longevity. He was never truly the man wherever he went. Of course, he was assigned in the 2000-2001 season from Chelsea, the dark days of Chelsea when they were struggling uh, financially and struggling to break into the the top three as it was at the time for the Champions League football. They were often in the top six conversation there though. And Good Johnson was one of the few that survived the takeover from Roman Abramovich. Before the takeover, he was sort of alongside likes of Zola and Hasselbank up front, maybe even caught the back end of Chris Sutton at Chelsea, who knows. And um, I always liked him. He's great in the box. Nice, neat little celebration as well. Probably Iceland's best footballer and uh, must be good enough to get a transfer to Barcelona off the back of that. And a Barcelona at the time, we were European champions in 2006. And yes, 
does get my stamp of approval. Definitely, definitely underrated. Barstoolers podcast, another great podcast. There's Dimitar Berbatov, 93 goals in 266 games. Maybe a little bit step too far here, perhaps. Um, fantastic touch, one of the best touches in all of football of all time, perhaps. Um, sloped around the pitch like he owned it, fantastic. Scored all kinds of goals, really, didn't he? My God, what a finisher. Um, scored plenty of hat-tricks, even got five on one day for United, and I think in a 7-1 win against Blackburn. Um, got a golden boot in 2010-11 season. Um, he's got that, that penalty in the semi-final of the FA Cup was a bit poor in the shootout where he just slid it towards the goalie, but uh, he was consistently at the high level, with perhaps with the exception of Fulham when they were on their own downward slope. But it is a London club with former Europa League finalists, as we charted last week. Um, but for me, Dimitar Berbatov played at European Championship, played at the highest of high levels in the Champions League, May have had a Champions League final under his belt with uh, Leverkusen. Definitely did with Man United. Fantastic uh, attacker. Definitely rated for me. Sorry. And a lot of people have mentioned this one. Kevin Phillips, Alex Rhodes, Jim P, Gav Mack and Andrew Butler. Another on the cusp of the 100 club. 92 in 273 appearances. Now, in a 38-game Premier League season, only Alan Shearer, Mo Salah, Luis Suarez and Cristiano Ronaldo have more goals in a 38-game season. And those names, plus the likes of Kane, Drogba, Thierry Henry and Cole, have most per games per goals per game in a single season. Only those have high numbers in respect, and that is Super Kevin Phillips with uh, taking the toll. as one of the most prolific goal scorers, at least for one season, when you line him up against such legends like those generational talents, the lot of them. Um, had he kept up those attainable, unattainable levels of 30 goals in 36, um, he could never have been in one of these lists. But as time passes, as we say, he, he, he did get double figures for Sunderland when they were rocking. Got um, numerous seven plus finishes. Obviously, they would uh, come crashing down to a halt with the sale of, or the retirement of Niall Quinn, Peter Reid getting sacked, etc. They go through a bit of a flux there, and uh, Kevin Phillips was on the uh, wrong end of that. Um, I'm slightly on the fence with him, really. He had a good rejuvenation with Birmingham, uh, won a league cup there. I'm slightly on the fence, but I'm going to go, going to err on the side of caution and say, yes, Kevin Phillips is underrated, especially in the modern day. And an absolute superb shout from Gav Mack again here, Ben Gianni. 26 goals in 119 games, and that goal count really does not reflect on the man at all. Um, I don't have to think about this much at all. It absolutely is underrated. Um, from a position standpoint, I hated when my team used to play this guy. He always seemed to score. Obviously, the score rate suggests otherwise, but he was an absolute nuisance, had a great celebration as well. Um, I'm pretty sure he's got a hat-trick in that 7-4 match, which is still a record for the highest uh, goals in a single match. Portsmouth Reading in 2007, it must have been. Um, yeah, fantastic um, striker, one of the cult heroes of the Premier League. Another one, another big cult hero here. Uh, Duncan Ferguson suggested by Maracas Flute. 66 goals in 260 games. Duncan Disorderly, as he's known, um, caught a bit of uh, notoriety as he wasn't allowed to go with the Everton squad. I don't know if it's true for the pre-season tour of America because of his... <laughs> Um, past run-ins with the law, let's say, um, especially in the new age of the social media, in the social media, as assistant at Everton, he's become a bit more of a cult hero as well. 
um, kept under Carlo Ancelotti and now Rafa Benitez. I think purely because they're scared of him and don't want to sack him because they're worried about the repercussions. He'll go on his own time. I'll have his own back. Um, great player, unplayable in the air, as Maracas flew a test to as well. Um, always scored against United, so I didn't like him from that standpoint, but I could appreciate now with fantastic footballer, unbeatable in the air, and yes, underrated for me. Next suggestion is from Richie Hutton, and that is John Stead. Only 14 goals in 84, 87 games. Um, had a very promising start when he was signed from Huddersfield by Blackburn Rovers. Um, I don't think, though, he meets the threshold of being good enough, so I don't think he is underrated. He, like I say, he's had a very good start at Blackburn halfway through 2003-04 season. Seems to remember in that off-gold shirt that Blackburn used to wear quite a bit. It looked to be exciting, could have been the future of Blackburn, but never really fulfilled the promise for me. So unfortunately, Richie is not underrated because on the basis that he's not good enough. From one end of the scale, though, to the other, Matty Mack and Steve Cairns suggest Jermaine Defoe. And I struggle with this one, um, calling him underrated, really. 162 goals in 496 games. The ninth best goal scorer in Premier League history. I can see the angle where Matty and Steve are coming from here. He was never the main guy anyway. He had a spell with Ports where he might have been won an FA Cup, of course. 91 goals for Spurs on his own. And that was his peak, really, mid-2000s. Probably rated just a tiny bit too much to be underrated, scored. Um, for England, um, an alarming level. Again, another player later on in this list who has a similar record of England who I don't think is underrated either. Um, I think Defoe definitely could have been better. A little bit of unfulfilled potential there. Could have possibly been played for England a lot more than what he did. Um, could have gone to a bigger club, I believe, um, say in Arsenal in the mid-2000s. Sorry, Spurs fans, but I think he could have and reached another level. But I don't think he is underrated. Olivier Giroud has been suggested by Jake Collinson and 11 pod, another great podcast. 90 goals in the Premier League in 255 matches. And to me, I think he's got to a point where he's firmly rated. He's not reached the point where he's overrated. Um, Social media has a lot to do with this. For me, thinking he's overrated. Um, He's definitely not underrated. Um, I think he gets a lot of praise for me by pretty much everybody. Now we... We all know his qualities, his roles at Arsenal, at Chelsea and in the 2018 World Cup. Admittedly, he didn't score in that tournament, but he's a world champion and he's a, he is the reason why, for a lot of it, maybe Kante, maybe Griezmann, Mbappe, Pogba, etc. Why France won the World Cup that year. But he, we all know what role he had to play in the false nine, the hold-up man, the target man. I think he definitely gets enough praise, especially for his phenomenal goals, scorpion kicks, etc. So therefore, for me, not underrated, creeping into overrated, but I think he's about where he is, should be, where fans perceive him to be. Next is Dion Dublin again, suggested by 11 Podcast. 111 goals in 312 games, so our second member of the Premier League 100 club. And maybe if you're in this club, you can't be underrated um, to be fair, I caught the back nine of his career more the end of the Coventry days, the time at Aston Villa. Has his infamy now on a social media age for Holmes under the hammer. Um, that doesn't come into it really. Uh, but a solid goal scorer. So I guess perhaps he is underrated and he's definitely rated by me for headbutting Robbie Savage in a second City derby. But I think 111 goals, I think he's one of them names that you've 
kind of forget that he's in the 100 club, really, when you when you try and list that. I think he's like 29, 28, 29 men in there to have scored 100 Premier League goals. You definitely forget about Dion Dublin. Maybe it's because of the passage of time, but he uh, was a fantastic goal scorer on his day, and I will let him into the underrated club. Another suggestion by Eleven Podcast here, and it is Dean Ashton. Only 15 goals in 46 Premier League games, and... On the same lines as Luis Saha for me, based on his injury record, I don't think, though, he can be underrated because of the volume of his injury and the manner of his injury. His injury ended his career from a very, very early age. And perhaps the law of this, the circumstances around how the injury ended his career, I think maybe has led him to be overrated, if anything. He was on the cusp of the England squad, made a couple of appearances, and maybe that has led him the what ifness of that, so to speak, has led him to be maybe overrated. Obviously, we'll never see the full effect of it. He does have England cap. For me, he's not underrated. Maybe if he'd have had more of a career, maybe if the injury hadn't have ended his career and he kept going like Louis Saha and we saw the full fleshed out version with that injury, maybe he would be underrated. But for me, the length of the injury, obviously ending his career, I don't think he can be underrated. And Gavmac suggests Darren Bent as well, one of the few 100 club members like Dion Dublin there that I can fully get behind being underrated. For me, should have gone to the 2006 World Cup instead of Theo Walcott, easy to say now. 106 goals in 276 games in the Premier League. Fantastic record when you think about how many how little games he's actually put to get that record not to be sniffed at. But yeah, I don't think he is loved by people and maybe it's because those goals are spread fairly evenly throughout his Premier League career. 31 at Charlton, where he had probably his best days. 18 at Spurs, when he got that move uh, back end of 2000s. 32 at Sunderland, 21 at Villa in the early stage of the 2010s. And then bookending his career with four goals for Ipswich and Fulham there. Um, he is again like Dion Dublin, a name you do forget if you're listing these 100 club members of uh, goal scorers in the Premier League. And for that alone underrated for me next up Peter Crouch suggested by Ross Elliott and Ian Parks and 108 goals in 468 games for me if anything he's overrated yes he scored great goals that overhead kick for Liverpool the volley for Stoke fantastic um, I think his huge personality the cult hero tag that he's attached himself the robot the Ferrari around him the 2006 World Cup I think that overrates him and paints him in a better light than what he actually was, even though, yeah, phenomenal player in the 100 club. Don't think he's underrated. I think he's more on the opposite scale of that. For me personally, um, that is stamping him as overrated. Sorry, Ross. Sorry, Ian. Next, very much on the other end of the scale, Bobby Zamora, Stephen Ketteridge suggested him. And uh, probably for me, I do think he does get a bit of undue stick for probably less than stellar abilities as a goal scorer in the Premier League, all relative, of course. Uh, 54 goals in 270 games. Had that one season where he scored double figures in the Premier League. I think he just about skirts the line of not being good enough to not, not to be underrated. But I'll bite and I'll say, yes, he's underrated. Got Fulham into a, into a Europa League final, as we discussed last week, of course. So... For that alone, his time at Fulham was probably the best of his career. West Ham as well when they got the promotion in the mid-2000s. Again, probably enough to make him good enough to be underrated. Next, a suggestion by Paul Burkill, Rob Hulse. Now, in terms of Premier League 
probably not about good enough, at least in the Premier League. Eight goals in 36 games. And for that reason, not good enough to be underrated for me. Sorry, Paul. A suggestion from Hal from the uh, Sheffield United Way podcast. Another great podcast there. Uh, Glenn Murray. 37 goals in 148 games. And for me, he's one of these players that came into his career, came into his own later on his career, at least in the top flight anyway, the twilight of his uh, time at uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. I think though he's rated. I can't I can't bring myself to call him over underrated. Uh, once upon a time, he might have been underrated or he might have been not just good enough, particularly when he played for Crystal Palace. He, of course, made the move down that era, number that I forget, um, uh, that is attributed to the rivalry between Palace and Brighton on uh, Wikipedia there. But uh, I think now he more leans towards overrated. I don't think he's overrated. I think he's just about where he should be in terms of fan perception of him. Steve Cairns suggests Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. And um, is he too good? Is he too good to be underrated? I don't think he is um, a fantastic goal scorer. Wherever he's gone, of course, Middlesbrough, 2006 UEFA Cup team again. <laughs> A Colts, uh, Colt forward line for the uh, Borough there in 2006. Obviously scored a lot of goals at Chelsea and at Leeds. Probably more well known for the latter two there though. Again as an opponent, an absolute nightmare you must imagine. Uh, 127 goals in 288 games. 14th highest goal scoring in Premier League history. Which shows just how underrated and under the radar I think he has gone. Because 14th highest score in Premier League history probably will get surpassed at some point, inevitably. Maybe even this season, um, but I think he is definitely underrated. Probably one of the, another one of those names that you just might miss off. A bit like a Leticia who's got one hundred goals, um, who's nowhere near this list. Funnily enough, um, maybe even overrated. Uh, but Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank for me as a goal scorer, purely purely underrated. Steve Kens also suggests Craig Bellamy. <laughs> And for me, yeah, probably does get underrated because he's an absolute gobshite, <laughs> but a fantastic footballer um, doing great work, I think, in Belgium at the minute as a coach. 81 goals in 290 games, only though had three double-figure double, double figure seasons in terms of goals, so it isn't really a too good debate. I think he came into a bit of his own at Man City, fantastic spell there, of course, fantastic at Newcastle, famously scored a goal at uh, the Camp Nou to knock out Barcelona in the Champions League. Uh, certainly good enough then to play for these big six teams, quote-unquote, like City, like Liverpool. But I do think he does get underrated by a lot. Um, was an absolute pest, a nuisance to play against, I imagine. And 81 goals probably should be in the 100 club. And one of those names where you think probably a bit closer than what he actually is to that mark. A suggestion now from Michael Moran. Les Ferdinand, and I don't think anybody who is dubbed Sir Les can be named underrated because of the fan perception there. He's uh, seen as a knight of the realm. Uh, maybe in the social media age, maybe in the 2020s, he may be forgotten as one of the best Premier League strikers in history. But let's not forget the early 90s, the time at Newcastle Spurs. He is one of the stronger Premier League strikers in history. 149 goals in 351 games. Ridiculous numbers. 11th best scorer. For me, I think he's definitely rated. He's <laughs> a fantastic footballer. Um, yeah, just one of the best strikers of all time in the Premier League. And another suggestion here from AFC Finners again. Big shout out to him. Patreon on our Patreon page. Patreon.com forward slash white football. And he suggests Andy Cole. And again, for me, maybe slightly underappreciated by fans who 
will think I miss as big chance as that game against West Ham for the 1995 Premier League title, for example. But he has scored 187 goals. He's the third highest scorer in Premier League history. That record's probably going to go um, this season with Harry Kane knocking about. But perhaps he's undervalued by his national team. But I posit this. Paul Scholes was undervalued by his national team. Nobody's labelling him underrated. Same goes with Andy Cole. He's undervalued by some, but I don't think he's definitely, on the whole, can be classed as underrated. And again, Sergio Aguero, <laughs> nominated by Matt Hartley. Now, it sounds daft, but I see this angle. I see where Matt's coming from here. A bit more than Andy Cole, Les Ferdinand, who have scored similar numbers in the Premier League. And Aguero is one of the best Premier League strikers of all time. That can be no doubt about that. Definitely in the top six to sit on the fence there. <laughs> um, but I think Matt's point is that he should be viewed as even better. And he has scored 184 goals in Premier League history. Falls quite short. So short of Andy Cole's 187 record there in third. And for that alone, I don't think he can be underrated. I think we all know how good he is. He's got a place in Manchester City's history for the fact that even to this day, they print 93-20 on the inside of their shirts for the goal that he scored. Without injuries, I think he's ahead of Rooney in the all-time goals list in the Premier League. I think he's definitely rated. I get the point that he should be valued a lot more than what he is because we all, well, I say we all, a lot of fans canonise Luis Suarez uh, for his time in the Premier League, probably put him in the top four sometimes. I don't think he's at that stage yet for me. Um, Sergio Aguero is definitely a better Premier League striker than Luis Suarez, so I get the point, but I can't, I can't give him an underrated tag here, unfortunately, because he's just too good. <laughs> After this short break, we'll be discussing Arsenal in the dark days post two thousand and five. Arsenal. 2005, they had bounced back from the sheer successes of George Graham, Anfield 89, the league title in 1991, the cup double in 1993 and, of course, success on a European stage in 1994. Of course, George Graham received a bung, got shipped out of Highbury, allegedly, of course, um, to the darker times of Bruce Rioch, no European football. And that European drought wouldn't be materialising again until 2021, primarily because of the longevity of one man, Arsene Wenger. He came in, Patrick Vieira was signed under his guidance from uh, from afar, let's say, and uh, the likes of Dennis Bergkamp was already in place, Paul Merson, Ian Wright, and the fabled George Graham back for Dixon, Bold, Winterburn, Adams, David Seaman in there, of course. And it took only another few names to push them towards a Premier League title, Emmanuel Petit, Mark Overmars for the 97-98 season. Likes of Thierry Henry, Freddie Lundberg, Pires, Saul Campbell, Lauren would also come in by the time that they won a Premier League again in 2002. And of course, in between this, you've got to account for the sheer domination of Manchester United winning the treble, of course. And by that time, Ashley Cole, Cola Torre, Gilberto were mainstays for the invincible season, Arsenal's greatest ever season, of course. And in 2005, the year later, uh, came the final piece of silverware, for the 2000s in Arsenal and Arsene Wenger, the FA Cup final against Manchester United, which on the face of it, not to be biased as a Manchester United fan, of course, they didn't deserve, but that's by the by. <laughs> Patrick Vieira scored the winning penalty, his last kick in an Arsenal shirt, and for me, this marks the precise moment of Arsenal's downward spiral. Of course, the stadium build was in full effect, 
and it was a failure to replace club legends. Now, before we'd seen Sol Campbell replace Tony Adams when he was clearly out going on the way. Colatori replaced the likes of Martin Keown, Steve Bold, that figure. Ashley Cole replaced Nigel Winterburn. Lauren replaced Lee Dixon, the likes of Ray Parler, Manuel Petit, Marco Vermaas. We're all gone. Gilberto Perez, Lundberg, all replaced them. Now, between 2007, 2005 and 2007, the likes of Patrick Vieira, Thierry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp, Freddie Lundberg, Robert Perez, Sol Campbell, all leave. That's six huge names to the football club. Ashley Cole also goes as well. Cesc Fabregas is probably not ready to become the main man in the middle. Would be by the late 2000s, early 2010s. Thierry Henry, let's be honest, is irreplaceable. But even Robin Van Persie at this stage, 2007, wasn't mature enough to uh, take that handle. Uh, would be, of course, by the early 2010s, scoring a golden boot for Arsenal in the 2011-12 season. Jose Reyes or Eduardo couldn't cut it to replace Bergkamp, and to be fair, very few can. Thomas Rosicki did okay, but he probably didn't live up to the likes of Perez and Lundberg. Julio Baptista definitely didn't, the likes of Matteo Flamini, Alexander Kleb, Neva. They were, of course, still good signings along the way. Alex Song, Abu Dhabi, Bakary Sagna, Samia Nazare, William Gallas, Emmanuel Adebayor. Aaron Ramsey, of course, came in too. Jack Wilshire was promoted from the youth setup. Gail Cliche was a, a decent enough signing at left back. And this was primarily in the design to peak in the early 2020s, probably necessitated by the club's finances. The costly move to the Emirates, the Premier League TV money hasn't quite catched up at this point around 2006. But as the likes of Samia Nasri, Emmanuel Adebayor, Robin Van Persie in particular, Gail Clichy and Cesc Fabregas will bubble into the fore, Jack Wilshire, Aaron Ramsey as well, of course. Everyone bar the last two, all left. Four to Manchester, crucially. Three to Manchester City. Three Premier League winners in 2012. Robin Van Persie went to Manchester United. Premier League winner in 2013. Cesc Fabregas would leave, win the treble with Barcelona in 2015, emulating Thierry Henry when he left in 2007 and would win the treble with Barcelona in 2009. And around this stage where the rejuvenation should have taken place in the 2010s, this is where the joke came about that fourth place had become a trophy for Arsenal. Again, you see the finances necessitating Champions League football. Getting into the Champions League football, getting that money was much better to Arsenal Football Club at that time than winning the FA Cup because the FA Cup brings about a couple of million. Champions League is in the vein of about... 50, 60 million on average for what Arsenal achieved in that um, competition, of course, when they get to the semi-final in 2009, final in 2006, obviously they get a lot more for that. And um, let's be real though, in the time domestically as well, they were up against some of the best teams in English football history. Ferguson's Manchester United had come again, they'd dominate, they'd win the European Cup again in 2008, they'd win three in a row again. Jose Mourinho's Chelsea were equally as dominant in English football, winning two titles in a row, should have been Champions League champions in any other era and they would have been probably in 2004 you could say 2007 2008 they had Liverpool as well to contend with who were just fantastic in Europe won the European Cup in 2005 Chelsea as well let's not forget did win the European Cup in 2012 and this is a competition that Arsenal and Arsene Wenger had and credit to Wenger they qualified every single season for the Champions League whilst the likes of Everton Aston Villa Tottenham and Manchester City all knocked at the door for Champions League football and from 98 to 2017 they maintained their place in the Champions League the only English club to do so Manchester United would dip out in 2014 
lots of names would dip in and out. Liverpool had a bit of a barren spell when they had uh, administration knocking at the door. Chelsea dipped in and out of the early 2000s, but obviously roared back. And um, Man City and Spurs wouldn't enter the Champions League until the 2010s, uh, some of the fabled big six there. And um, in this time, though, the 20 years here, Arsenal never truly troubled to win the trophy, of course, bar that one night in Paris um, <laughs> against Barcelona there in 2006. It would have been oh so different had Lehman not been sent off. A quick what if here, they'd have won the Champions League if it wouldn't have been sent off. That's fairly obvious, isn't it, really? Um, I don't think it would have helped them long term with transfers. However, winning the Champions League, they'd have been still shackled by the Emirates Stadium in the distance. A similar slump would have occurred. Maybe they would have come again in the 2010s with all that law behind them with all the uh, Ferrari of winning the Champions League in 2006 for all these players like Nasri, Adebayo, Van Persie who would go to more successful clubs in the 2010s at least, Manchester City, Manchester United, maybe they wouldn't have left and if they would have won the Champions League I think Arsene Wenger would have been able to go out on his own terms, he would have had the choice to retire as he saw fit, not when he did was kind of like a, a jump before you push kind of deal in 2018 successive failures to qualify for the Champions League went out on his own sword three FA Cups in four years though and uh, that was the only piece of silverware that Arsenal have won since 2005 they've added a, a fourth FA Cup there recently in 2020 under Mikel Arteta but have fallen short in the Europa League qualifying for the Champions League and in the Champions League Arsenal haven't truly done much of anything really since 2006 eight last 16 exits almost usually to Barcelona and Bayern Munich two quarterfinals and a semi-final in 2009 to Manchester United of course Arsene Wenger though should go down as a legend not just for what he did at Arsenal but the revolutionisation of bringing English football to the 21st century has a lot to do with English football reaching a dominance he pushed Ferguson to another level in 98-99 of course that brief little spat they had there which would of course rumble on until the mid 2000s caught Jose Mourinho's ire and um, they battled for quite a lot as well and Arsenal yes they are probably the third most successful club in the history of English football that is probably sure behind Man United behind Liverpool and yes they might be getting caught by Chelsea by Manchester and yeah they've they, the stick to beat Arsenal with is they've never won a Champions League. A lot of teams haven't won a Champions League. Maybe they're the biggest team not to win it, maybe. Uh, but still, I think this trophyless period for nine years doesn't, I don't think, reflect too badly on Arsene Wenger for the changes that he helped transpire in English football at Arsenal and helped take Arsenal to the next level. Um, nobody else has won a league title, Invincible. Of course, Preston in the 19th century. They only had to go undefeated for 20 games. How many teams have done that since? Quite a lot. Um, I just think that... I think as a collective, we've been a bit too harsh over Arsenal over the past 15 years. We're entering a new phase now, I believe. Um, a bit of a no-dickheads policy at Arsenal, leaving uh, culling a lot of the players from the previous era that didn't do so well, maybe won a couple of FA Cups. Arteta seems to be trusting the process, youth, etc. And maybe Arsenal are re-entering a bright new era I'm slightly sceptical sceptical at the minute but definitely on the up but of course nowhere near what they were under Wenger under Arsenal and for me it was a massive shame that his career was reduced to 
a online video vox pop series where the layman was able to criticise somebody who is should be a god at Arsenal, should have a statue outside the Emirates, outside Highbury, where the new flats are. Um, it's a shame that his career boiled down to that and will likely be remembered for that, considering that he helped change English football in the early 21st century. Next week, we'll be talking about the best players to never play in the Premier League and quite a lot of names for that suggested by you of course Real Madrid Galacticos will also be chartering them and how well they did despite signing all the talent in the world in two waves as well the early 2000s and the uh, late 2000s early 2010s if you're enjoying this show please drop a lovely five star review if you're feeling extra generous on the plug pod podcast form podcast feed in which you digest ingest this uh podcasting and until next time see you sports social podcast network Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.